Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and uh, we are prepping for the most ringed of all ringed episodes. So with me to guide us through the multicolored, multivaried, multinational rings of the Olympics is Sarah. Hello! <laughs> there's, there's actually a um, big list of words you're not allowed to use together in the media um, or, or advertising at the moment for the Olympics. So you're not allowed to say, for example, London and 2012 in the same sentence, or sport and London. So <laughs> I would suggest that the 2012 London Summer Olympics encompass a lot of sports that are being competed in by athletes and sponsored by large organisations. That's it. That's it. that's exactly the one. It's it's epic. It's yeah. It's all good fun. It's Olympics. One oh, of, it's Olympics. It's Olympics, Dan. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's fantastic. One of my favourite web comics is uh is called Dinosaur Comics, and uh, for the last uh -huh. few days, uh, the author has been writing um, each daily episode related to the Olympics, um, including ones like, for example, the Olympics. Um, is this fantastic sporting event which uh, draws together the best athletes from around the world and they go and compete against each other and it shall forever be known as the uh, McDonald's Family Restaurants Presents the Olympics. It's practically going to be like that, you know. I'm going. I'm going to the ITC, and it's. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I pretty much imagine it's going to be like that. You're not allowed to take food in. You're allowed to take an empty bottle to fill up as a tap. But basically, you've got to spy McDonald's on your visa. It's practically the law. <laughs> it's just how it is. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, before, before we get on to my, the beautiful London 2012 Summer of Sport Spectacular Olympic, 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 um, shall we talk about the race? We should probably week? wrap up, just for continuity's sake and also for my own growing knowledge of the sport. Uh, also because I care very, very, very deeply about um, the beer results at Turingen Rundfahrt. <laughs> Well, I, I can't remember the name of the first race we're going to talk about. It's in Germany. Can you remember the name? Uh, yes, yes, I can. It's the Wonderful Beer Festival. No, wait, that's what I call it. Um, <laughs> uh, you're just trying to goad me into rolling my eyes again, aren't you? I yeah. totally am. Oh, come on, Dan. All these, all these women who want you to roll your ass. It's terrible. <laughs> it is when you say it like that. <laughs> Uh, added, added to which, I, I actually don't even know if I'm pronouncing the name of the race correctly. So, you know, I apologise to, to both of our German listeners. Um. <laughs> well, I can be, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll say it because I'll say it really badly in English because, you know, when you're English, you may as well just bollocks up every <laughs> language um, as a matter of principle. So the, the Turing can run apart. <laughs> See, the, the problem is that, that when you come at it with the, the really strong British pronunciation like that, you're, um, you, you're trying so earnestly. Whereas I believe if you're going to mispronounce something in a foreign language, you've just got to really relish the, the opportunity <laughs> to get it wrong. And so you've, you've just got to you know, physically just embrace the idea of Turingen Rundfatz. <laughs> oh, finally! If only that trick worked as well for me in the pub. <laughs> what people? I'm sure people fall down laughing at you all the time, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you, you got me there. <laughs> so we were in Birmingham, <laughs> and when we left, when we left, when we left people before, there'd been five stages. Hanka Kupfernagel of Rustfellow had won the first stage. Then Ina Tuttenberg of uh, Specialized Lululemon had won stages one and two. And Trixie Warwick of Specialized Lululemon had won stages three and four. And it might have gone a bit that way, but then luckily, um, the Italian young Italian superstar Elisa Longo Borghini, I think she was the oh my god, we've got to stop those specialized and got into a massive breakaway. 
and she won stage five um, in Breakaway Joy. And Longo Borghini is this great. Oh, she's such a good rider. She's a, she she's she won the best young rider jersey mm. at the Giro, and she's really the Italian star to look out for in the future. And so she won she won stage uh, five. And that was lovely. And then she was in a breakaway again in stage six. And she was in a breakaway with uh, our, our drinks, Jessie Darms. Now, Jessie Darms, she there's there's a couple of the RR riders who've had a really tough year. And it's not really through a bad thing. It's a tough year because of good stuff. But it hasn't worked out so well. So last year, there was the Garmin Cervelo yes. team, yeah? Um, you know, it, it used to be Cervelo when it was just amazing and wonderful. Then it became Garmin Cervelo. And they kind of didn't really promote the women's team at all, very much at all. Well, and, you know, we... I, I, um, you know, among other rumours I've heard, I heard that they'd actually didn't realise they had a women's team, so... <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I'd actually tweet the, 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 the Garmin tweet and say, oh, did you know Emma Pudi's just won this stage of the Giro? And they'd go, oh, wow, brilliant, and tweet it. Like, what the fuck? I'm not paid to do this. You are. So, anyway... Um, so, you know, there they were, really successful. All the riders were all in the second, in the first year of a two-year deal. And then in winter, they all got a text message saying, bye-bye, we're shutting the team. And they were just, it was just dreadful. Um, the poor riders were completely fucked. They were flummoxed. It was after the transfer window had closed, you know. Everyone was, if this had happened in transfer time, they all would have got places, mm. yeah? And um, Noemi Cantalay was saved by um, a small Italian team, B-Pink, where she's been ever since. Um, Iris Slappendel went to Rabobank, um, who went, yeah, we'll have some Iris Slappendel. She's brilliant. And, um, and she has been, too. And Yeah, she's had a fantastic time. It was a great mm. move for her. But the real problem was for all the others. And um, it was interesting because Emma Pooley, well, anyone would want Emma Pooley, so that's good. And Lizzie Armitstrad is a top sprinter, and Sharon Laws is a you know fantastic, um, fantastic killer domestique. So I think they were all, always going to be fine. But you have Lucy Martin and Carla Ryan and Jessie Darms, who were a bit fucked basically because they're domestiques. And you know, in December or whenever it is, who wants a domestique? Who needs a new domestique? You, you're fine. You're, you're stuffed full of them. Oh, I, um, I had lucky. my hand up. Sorry, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> You can't have a domestique just to bring you cups of tea. I've tried this. It doesn't what about work. beer? They bring beer, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a swan, yeah. I think you're thinking you need oh, a swanny. Oh, shit. Right, yeah, because they're the ones that massage you too. Yes. Exactly. exactly. You've got, you're seeing where I'm coming from. So anyway, so luckily, our, our drink took on pretty much all the the whole rest of the team who was left. So they took on Emma Pooley, Sharon Laws, Lizzie Armitstead. Lizzie was really lucky because RR already had Kirsten Field and mm -hmm. Shelley Old, who are amazing sprinters. So they've you know got three of the best sprinters in the world on the team. But it's been kind of problematic for Carla Ryan and Jessie Darms because, you know, with so many other, so many really, really good riders on the team, when you get to ride, you know? So it's been... Um, Ryan's been uh, racing for a small British team whose name I can never remember, but they're basically 4VR okay. Red. Um, they've got another name, but I can't remember what it is. And um, and Jesse won the, the last stage of Turingen. So hooray! Well done. Jessie. Congratulations, Jesse. Yeah. yeah, she hasn't had that much chance to race this year because, you know, because they've just had mm. too many riders. So, you know, really, really good to see both both Carla in the other races and, and Jesse in this one doing really well. Fantastic. So, I'm sure victory beer never tasted so sweet. <laughs> she did look to enjoy the victory beer. And then um, while all of the, while they were doing the breakaways in the last stage, the GC wasn't really touched and you aren't one. <laughs> Carla me shocked. And you Just absolutely shocked. And, I know, it's really good. This is the third time Udit's won the GC yep. of the race, yeah? And Udit's the type of rider who'll down her victory beer in one. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. So, happiness, happiness ensues for, uh, yes. for Dan. Yes, it does, um, indeed. Uh, um, over, over in Limousin, I can say Limousin. Ah, uh, yes, that's um, the one where Mariana Voss won every single stage but lost the GC. No, not at all. The other way around. 
I mean, Mariana Voss, she, I mean, Limousin, basically all the big riders, except for Mariana Voss, were in Turingen. And Mariana Voss went to Limousin and she won the first stage with like about three min- minutes over the second and third rider and eight minutes over the rest of the pack. So it wasn't going to be a particularly um, tough call to guess who might win. Um, the second stage was won by Anna van der Breggen, who's the young Dutch talent to look out for. The third stage was won by Lucinda Brand, um, Lucinda Brand's another R.R. Drink rider, and so, you know, she's a very tough rider. I think she was out in a break with Mariana uh-huh. all day. And then stage four was won by Mariana Voss, and the GC was won by Mariana Voss. That's crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I think it must have been quite fun for her, actually, because I, don't, I, I think it's, you know, it's quite close to London. She could just hop on the Eurostar and get there without one of those, you know, 11 million hour rides back through Germany in a back of a car, which I've done, and it's I, I th- fun. honestly, but, for a second, there thought you were going to say that she was just going to ride to London from there. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, this, I don't mean this at all in a condescending or patronising way. Although it, there is a possibility that it will sound like that, so please, everyone, do forgive me. But for some reason, every time I picture Mariana riding, um. I, I picture uh-huh. her sitting upright, hands on the hoods, sort of just blissfully rolling along, singing to herself, unaware of the rest of the world. Um, I don't know exactly why, but that's just kind of the sense I have. You've actually got it. It's actually almost the opposite, because I think every time I picture Mariana riding, I picture her doing that. She's, she's very, very physical on her bike. She kind of sways backwards and forwards over the hand, you know, from side to side over the handlebars. Um, it's always a lot of fun seeing her ride next to Emma Pooley because Pooley's tiny and she rides with this very upright position, you know, Vicar's wife, bar, a bike with a bike, you know, bike with a basket yep, yep. on the front. And Voss is there pulling her bike from side to side and being, you know, and when she's descending, she does every, she does all the tricks. She's like, you know, right yeah. down off the saddle over, over the, you know, her, her neck's over the yeah, front of the bars yeah. and she's She's doing all those kind of, you know, these weird oh, yeah, yeah. I Absolutely, and I love love seeing video of her rides. I know that that isn't how she rides, but for some reason I can't shake the mental image. It's, uh... Mm. <laughs> there's, a, there's a gorgeous little video, actually. There's been, there's been a couple of Voss profile videos, and they show her room of trophies, and oh my god, it's just... It's just spectacular. It's like this enormous room of trophies and just boxes of medals and boxes of trophies all wrapped up. But it's got pictures of her as a little tiny kitty riding her oh, bike. Oh, that's awesome. We'll have to put a link on them. Um, you'll have to tell everyone at the end where they can yes. find the links, but we'll have to put a link on that because it's really, really cute and everyone oh, should watch that's, it. That's sweet. There was one last thing that I wanted to... Um, touch on. I, I don't know how closely you followed the Cascade Classic in the US, um, but I did note that Kristen Armstrong left that partway through to head to the Olympics, um, which yeah, yeah, was quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, and I was I going to ask, as a lead-in to the Olympics previews, um, what your take on that was in in the sense that from what I saw online, people were a bit surprised that she'd actually gone to the race in the first place. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I would have guessed that it's uh, it, that it was planned. Um, uh, you know, because it's nasty, it's a couple of days. Kristen Armstrong's been off her bike since she broke her collarbone in the XG Tour, so I would imagine that she just wants to have a little bit of a taste of racing before she hits London. Because, you know, just to get her hand in. But, you know, Clara Hughes was at Turingen and mm. left early. Um, and that was fans. They, 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 specifically, um, they, they specifically tweeted, Clara's left. It's all planned. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, I, I think, I guess it was just probably about, well, you know, and it's a different way of getting some, race, you know, some racing legs in your legs, some racing sure, miles in sure. your legs. So, you know, because it's going to be quite hard. I don't know whether they're even allowed to go. They seem to be allowed to go out for, out for bike rides and stuff in the Olympic Village. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. I would imagine okay. it's that. Because, um, speaking of Clara Hughes, the adorable, lovely Clara Hughes. I feel like I say this every week about a different blog, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> this, this week, Clara had a blog about arriving in England, and I was just cringing for, for the British, yeah. She arrives at Heathrow and they're going, what are you here for? And she's, I'm here for the Olympic Games. And they go, ah, 
are you a spectator? She said, no, I'm not. I'm an athlete. And they go, really? <laughs> and then I think they asked her, are you any good? <laughs> I mean, this is Clara Hughes. Her first Olympics was in 1996, yeah? When she came away from Summer Olympics with a bronze medal in the road race in the ITT. Yep. Yeah? She then, <laughs> she's been to five Winter Olympic, uh, five Olympics, if you count Winter Olympics and Summer Olympics, yeah? The only time she hasn't come away with a medal was the year 2000, yeah? When she was at the, um, was, was the year 2000 Summer huh. Olympics, yeah? She's got like, I think she's got six, she's got six medals in total. She's got a gold, a silver, and a bronze in speed skating. And she's got two bronzes in, um, in cycling. So, are you any good, Clara? <laughs> it does actually sound like the kind of question that you'd get here. <laughs> yeah, but at least you'd be laughing. I think in her blog she's like, yes, I told them I would love to compete in them if they let me into your country. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, poor, oh, poor Clara. And oh, she's just, oh, Clara, I just, I so want her to. I mean, the trouble is, is I want everyone yeah. to win, yeah? <laughs> which which is really hard at an event like the Olympics because they you know they yeah. seem to restrict the number of people allowed to win. I know those bastards, <laughs> <laughs> but it's I mean it's hard. I'm, I'm I'm so conflicted about the Olympics, Dan, because you know on the one hand the amount of corporate shilling is just insane, and you know the stupidity of it is is just is just ridiculous, and the fact that it seems to be just designed for the rich. You know what I mean? To, it, it's just the corporatization is horrible, and I do have an Olympic rant. Can I do my Olympic <laughs> oh, rant? Can I can I interject it at a moment with um, just the, just this uh, little snippet from Dinosaur Comics? Then, <laughs> yeah. So Burger King, you can stay the hell home. The athletes competing here, these Adonises and Adonisettes, they don't need your fatty foods and empty calories. They have Big Macs and Quarter Pounders with cheese lovingly crafted by McDonald's who've turned the full force of their multinational corporation towards ensuring no athlete, no matter where they live on the planet, will ever be inconveniently far away from a handful of fries served in a paper sleeve. <laughs> yes! That's my Oh, it's <laughs> so I do have a bit of a rant. Oh, I've got an apology for you later as well. Remind me to apologise to you. It doesn't happen very often. Wow, so. no, I'm a little shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to start off with my rant, I mean, I love the Olympics. I don't want to cut it down, but there's, oh, it's difficult because I have a suspicion that the race, people are going to be saying the same thing as they said about the Copenhagen Worlds. La, 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 boring race. Because the trouble is, is, we, is it's, they insist on it starting and finishing in the same place as the men. <laughs> but because women's race is restricted, that means they've got to do the long loop out to Box Hill and the long loop back. And so whereas the men go over Box Hill nine times, the women just do it twice. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, um, apologies to any podium cafeers who may be listening, but, you know, the fact that the podium cafe, cafe crew went out there and, you know, rode over it completely fine without, you know, and then were stopping to, you know, to, to take pictures of riding with no hands and, you know, that kind of thing, makes me think it's not a very difficult climb. <laughs> what, <laughs> it's totally what, what are you trying to say about our podium cafe? <laughs> They're all brilliant and lovely. The, they no, may um, just happen but, to be better than the world's greatest cyclists. It's possible. But that, that, that is possible. They probably are the world's greatest cyclists, Dan. Um, uh, yeah, but so the women's race, so it's shorter, it's flatter. And, and I'm not so worried about that, actually, because, you know, bear in mind that the, the, the heartland of women's bike races is in the Netherlands, yeah, where they have all these races that take part over a, I don't know, like 30 square kilometer space that managed to get four different, um, you know, four different uh, parkour into it. <laughs> <laughs> they're used to riding flat races and making them I, I love I forgot the name of it but the race where they have to jump over the river on their bikes that's awesome oh no wait I just made that <laughs> jump up yeah bike. sorry <laughs> oh my god you're thinking of the Cape Epic which is a mountain bike adventure race in South Africa which is something insane like seven stages where they actually have to jump through run through crocodile infested rivers shouldering their bikes and then run up mountains and down mountains it's that's just a crazy race that's just wrong <laughs> is it on tv because i'd watch that that's mate it is as well they show it live if you want to see riders falling over with exhaustion that's your race for you and it's a team race as well so you know they're riding oh in God. pairs um pairs women's pairs and mixed pairs <laughs> 
<laughs> Sharon Law has won the first inaugural um, uh, event of it, which is, you know, another reason that we love Sharon. Well, by, so, the end yeah. of, by the end of that race, I imagine everyone's just in a mixed pair because it's just you with whoever's left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just drag someone. <laughs> oh, please, you You're care. on my team. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, my real problem with the Olympic road race is the... Right, okay. You're not a track fan, and I get that, and, you know, that, my apology is sort of connected to that. But um, they, when they, basically, the UCI, when the, when the UCI wanted mountain biking and BMXing into the Olympics, yeah, and the IOC said, yes, you can only have them, but if you reduce the number of people competing in the other sports, mm. yeah? And so when so they've, they've reduced the number, reduced the numbers really dramatically. And then the, you, then it was pointed out that actually the way the track was running before, where you have like a hundred men's events and three women's events, wasn't exactly fair. <laughs> so they they kind of changed it to make it the equal number of events. But they've also brought in the Omnium, which is six races over, you know, six races best person of, of all the six I, races I just, points. I, I have to pause um, at that moment, though, and suggest that perhaps that nobody who was um, at the time advocating for an equitable number of women's races and men's races um, considered the possibility that the UCI would just slash all the men's races and bring it down to the same as the women's. That was... Unexpected, yeah. but yeah. But, but you know, the other stupid thing is that the women lost races mm. too. Yeah. So at the Olympics, you had the team sprint, the sprint, the um, individual pursuit, and the points race. Yep. Yeah. And the men had the Kieran, the team sprint, and the Madison on top of that. But when they took away the points race and the individual pursuits, which people go, oh, it's all because of women, those bastard women, just fucking feminist bastards. It's like, well, yes, but the women <laughs> lost them too. You know, everyone goes on about how awful it is for poor Taylor Finney and um, and uh, Bradley Wiggins to lose the individual pursuit. But what about poor Rebecca Romero or Huvenagel? You know, what about poor Diana Voss who can't ride the points race? Anyway, so the UCI is willing to blame women for that. But when it comes to the road races, they've decided that the men get their war, I don't know, 140 riders, and the women 67. Uh, right. So you start off so you start off with 67 mm. riders, yeah? Now, out of those 67 riders, the UCI has also decided that it wants to prioritise number of countries over quality of competitors. And they've done this on the track, too. Um, on the track, you only have one rider per country per event. Now, that's completely well, insane. Well, it makes the team the pursuit particularly difficult, but... <laughs> well, apart from the team pursuit and the team sprint. But um, it's... The thing about it is that, like, the top ten of the men's sprint, for example, is going to have two or three Brits... Uh, two or three Frenchmen, two or three Germans, and two or three Aussies, and one Malaysian. I mean, no, that doesn't come to ten, but you know what I mean. It's like it's it's like the top ten is basically Britain, France, Aussie, Germany, um, and then one Malaysian. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because so you have so you have so you're going to have all sorts. It's going to be very very all badly weighted, where you're going to have people who are you know who basically get to ride for the experience. Now. In the road race, they've done the same thing. And when you were qualifying, you qualified for the Olympics by UCI points. And it's really hard because what they've done is they've really, really weighted continental championships. And they've also added in uh, UCI races in places around the, around the world that weren't UCI mm -hmm. level. And it, it's difficult because on the one hand, I think, yeah, it, it's great to have Asian riders there. Yeah, it's great to have South American riders there. But if all they're there for is to get shelled in the first 20, 30 kilometers. And on top of that, a load of these riders are people who are primarily there mm -hmm. for the track. And, and their country can't, you know, can't afford to send lots of riders there. So they send the same person who, for example, the Hong Kong track star who rides track sprint is riding in the road race. <laughs> and at the same time, you've got, like, you know, riders who are in the top 10 and top 20 of the road world who can't go because they happen to be the fifth best Dutchie or, you know, or the fifth best German, and it's just not right. So, so that's my rant. Rant, 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 rant. They're all bastards, well, basically. Well, of course they are, because, you know, the IOC is run by old white men. Um, yes, and the UCI is run old by... Old white men. <laughs> I mean, it's, 
So, so I mean, so you, so, so if you imagine we're starting with sixty-seven riders, and I reckon of those, twenty or maybe you know maybe around twenty are people who are there who um, who who are there primarily for another event, yeah, um, whether that's track or mountain bike or whatever. Um, on top of that, you've got riders who'll never have ridden in a peloton. I mean, in a big peloton before, you know. I mean, it's not well, there and before. and then oh. riders who are used to only ever turning left, and, um, and yeah, so yeah, on yeah. and so forth. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I actually understand and and agree very much with where you're coming from. I mean, I think the solution obviously is to. Uh, obviously, the IOC operates with an imperative to. Um, open the games up and, and keep events as international as possible. So, and, and I understand and accept that. And, and uh, But I think that's why there needs to be a larger number of, of participants for an event like that. I mean, ultimately, though, what it comes down to is that the Olympics are not about sport. They are not about athletic endeavour. They are not about fairness. They are not about openness. They are about broadcast money. That's what they're about, and your advertising dollars yeah. hard at work. What if our champion athletes get thirsty? Ask our friends at Dinosaur Comics. Please, they reply. Have you not heard of Coca-Cola, the official sugared and coloured beverage of McDonald's presents the Olympic Games? You see, I, I, I kind of... When I was a kid, my dad lived in Spain. My dad lived in Spain since mm-hmm. I was eight, yeah. And when I was a teenager, we went to the Olympics in '92 in Barcelona, and it was just—it was just a spectacular thing. It was really, really, really inspiring. You know, every day we got—I um, went with my my dad had friends who'd got a pair of tickets to see every athletics. Um, but the, the the husband's mother got very sick, so they couldn't use it, so they gave it to us. And so every other day, me and my sister would get dropped on the tube line out at the end of Barcelona, and we'd come in by tube, and we'd go up to the Olympics. You'd get off the tube, Castaña, and you'd go up this amazing, up um up. They have these big uh, escalators going up the um, going huh. up the hill. <laughs> So you're going up the escalators of the hill with this amazing palace in front of you and fountains. And when you turn around, you can see the whole of the city laid out in front of you. And we'd be walking with people from all over the world, you know, everyone just united by loving this sport. Yeah. And then you get to the Olympic Stadium and you sit in your seat. And for the early sessions, you could just go and walk around and sit in different seats. And you could, you know, you chatted to everyone. And then... And then, you know, when it filled up for the evening session, the atmosphere was just the most beautiful thing. And so I'm very, very much affected by that because that was my, that was my, Olymp- that's my, that's my kind of primary Olympic experience, being in Barcelona, cheering on Sally Gunnell as she won the 400 metres. You know, it was just, ah. Oh, it was just, a formative experience, you know, come, yes. Yeah, you come out of the stadium and you'd go down the escalators back to the tube station looking at the city you know the most beautiful city in the world you know and it was just it that's how the olympics feels to me making friends with strangers people from all over the world next to each other you're cheering on everyone at the same you know everyone regardless of where they come from because you know you're just happy to celebrate excellence anyway that's my so i have had a rant and then i've had a rant guys (laughs) excellent Excellent. And a last last bit of dinosaur comic wisdom that I'll leave us all with is um, uh, some training <laughs> advice. You want a sculpted gold medal body? Have you tried exercising? Sure, maybe. But have you tried chugging a Coke? Yes. <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, it is true. It's, it's, it is that, it, it, it's at the same time ludicrously commercialised. Mm. You know, to the point of to the point where satire doesn't even cut it because it's gone out the other well, side. Well, that's that's oh, why my all-time favourite Olympic story of the last week. One of the major daily newspapers here has published a couple of articles on the debauchery associated with the Olympic Games. Oh, that's an article from ES. That's an article from ESPN. Have you read the full well, article? Well, uh, I've. It's republished all over oh, the world. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Um, I don't know. It's credited to someone by the name of Sam Alipore here. You know why? Can I tell you why it's why that's important, yeah. right? Because in the article that you'll have seen, and that I've got published in the Guardian, yep. for example, it ends on a, it ends on a point where this guy is talking about he's going to leave everyone knowing who he was. But if you read the late, if you actually go on and read the original ESPN article, it ends with ta- about with Taylor yep. Finney. Have you seen no. that? 
it ends with Taylor Finney talking. So it's had all this debauchery and sex um, stuff yep. going on. And then it has these two paragraphs about how when Taylor Finney was, I don't know, 18 or however old he was at the last one, he'd sit on his balcony throwing that little um, American gymnast, Sean Johnson, who was 15 or something, uh, uh, candy bars. <laughs> And how, and how they ended up snogging in the hotel lobby. And it's like, you've got this article full of the most amazing debauchery. And then you've got Taylor Finney talking about this teenage love story. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grace, Grace 3, it maybe. Thing, yeah, it makes the whole thing even better because, you know, the debauchery is hilarious. And, and oh, my God. I mean, my, was, my um, favourite favorite uh, paragraph in the article is... Um, the one that's like, then at the 2000 Sydney game, 70,000 condoms weren't enough, prompting a second order of 20,000 <laughs> and a new standing order of 100,000 condoms per Olympics. Oh, it's a, at least, they, hey, mate, you should just be pleased they're using condoms. I mean, you know, <laughs> in this day and age. But um, yeah, Chloe Hosking tweeted it earlier. She just arrived from the village and someone had shown it to her. <laughs> I... I Dear, please report back. Really, really interested to know what this does to Olympic recruitment rates. <laughs> but, but then again, as I as I said to to someone on Twitter yesterday, ultimately, um, that seems like an awful lot of hard work, training, and sacrifice to go through to basically have what every American college student has every spring break. Yeah, but we can't all be American college students on me. <laughs> That's simply a matter of money. <laughs> uh, well, should we talk about the rugby? Well, why not? We might as well actually talk about some cycling. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very exciting. It's a bike race. Now, everyone thinks it's going to come to a sprint. Well, no, not everyone, but people keep talking about how it's going to come to a sprint, yeah? And I, well, I hope it doesn't, to be honest. Um, not a great big bunch sprint. That would be, you know, it's not their fault if it does. They get, they, they ride the course they've mm. given, yeah? But if it's a sprint, basically, here's the podium, okay? Ineoka Tutenberg, Mariana Voss, Georgia Bronzini. Yes. Um, in, I don't know which order yet because, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> so my predictions, which aren't quite predictions, of um, Ineoka Tutenberg. Mariana Voss, Georgia Bronzini. Yeah, they're my top favourites. I mean, you couldn't... It's really hard to get looked past those. Mm. Um, the person who might challenge that, actually, and this is Georgia Bronzini's pick of the pick for the race, is uh, Shelley Olds. Um, US Shelley Olds from the USA. Yep. Now, Shelley uh, was injured in Trofeo Bindera, broke her wrist, yeah? And she also had some other crashes. But, oh, my God, her form at the moment is just to die for. She won the Chongming Island World Cup. Mm. And she's really, really, and she um, out-sprinted uh, Mariana in the Giro to win stage, oh, I don't know, maybe stage six? Yep. So, um, maybe stage six or stage seven. Um, so, Shelley Olds is another one to look out for. And you absolutely always have to look out for Canadians, yeah? Because when it comes to the big races, for some reason, there's always Canadians in the top five. It's just the way of the world, yeah? Yep. Well, they're so friendly and polite. People just, you know, feel obliged to let them through. Oh, Clara Hughes. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's not quite. I mean, the other, but but I don't believe it's going to be as simple as a sprint. So we start out with sixty-seven riders, and about as I said, about twenty of those aren't really there for the road race anywhere. They're just there for the experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I so they kind of start out like as if they as if it was the selection of the peloton already. Now. I might have said this before, but I, I really believe that who the, the teams that want to sprint are Britain, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, yeah, USA. Yep. However, you've also got teams like New Zealand, so Linda Willemsen of New Zealand and Emma Johansson of Sweden. They don't want to sprint. You know, what the hell is the point of them sprinting? And, you know, and Linda Willemsen attacks like a lunatic in every race anyway, yeah? I mean, it's Linda Willemsen. What is she doing? She's attacking, yeah? Mm-hmm. I can see. So I actually heard a rumor that she's changing her name to Willemsen Attacks. Just make it easier for everyone. <laughs> it's also possible I started that rumor just now, but it's a good rumor, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I totally think. I mean, the thing is, the other thing is, is that while I've said that you know the Italians and the Germans want to sprint. 
they've got quite a lot of different options up their sleeve, yeah? Mm. So the Italians, the reason the Italians have won the world for the last three years in a row is when they get on their Italian national strip, they lose all ego, yeah? They don't care who wins as long as it's one of them. And other teams start out with a plan. We're racing for so-and-so, and this is where we're going to attack and stuff like that. The Italians' plan is, let's see how it goes. Mm. <laughs> So they've got like about 17 different strategies. You know, if George is still at the end, let's let George go for a sprint. But if not, Noemi can attack there. And you know what I mean? Yep. And it's just, they're just spectacular. So in 2009, uh, they managed to beat Mariana Voss between Tatiana Goderzo and Noemi Cantelay. We're basically attacking out in a, they're out in a group with um, Tatiana, Noemi, Mariana Voss and Kristen, Kristen Armstrong. Yeah. Yep. And they, um, and they were attacking, 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 just taking it in turns to wear Mariana down until one of them escaped. And they actually didn't care which of them escaped as long as it was one of them. And then, and it was Noemi escaped. And then, uh, sorry, it was Tatiana who escaped. And then Noemi just spent the rest of the race, just every time Mariana tried to attack and go after her, sitting on her wheel and sniggering. <laughs> Um, in Geelong, racy, racy, racy. Um, every time the hill went, if it wasn't Emma Pooley attacking, it was Noemi, yeah? Yep. And and, they, and I think one of the reasons she was doing this was, to, you know, Georgia Bronzini's a bit like Oscar Freire, yeah? He's, she's invisible in the peloton. <laughs> she can really just hide. She's tiny. She just hides in the peloton. And I think Noemi was attacking in this flamboyant way. If she got away, that was fantastic. But if not, it distracted them from the fact they hadn't dropped Georgia yet. Mm, mm. <laughs> and then, you know, it came to the final, final final run-in and suddenly there was Georgia sitting on Emma Johansson's wheel, you know, pops out sideways, accelerates down, wins. And then last year in the world, um, it was sprint train, sprint train, sprint trains, all the sprint trains start forming, very, very serious. And suddenly there's Noemi Cantelay jumping off the front. <laughs> <laughs> and all these very, very carefully organised sprint trains are just like, fuck! <laughs> and it's just chaotic and brilliant. So, yeah, marvellous. So, yeah, so that's you know, no Amy, no Amy for the win. But that's, but I guess my, that was a very, very long way of saying that I think the Italians don't care. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's them. And then the Germans have got Judith Arndt, who can win from, you know, from, she's a, she's, she's pretty much the favourite for the, for the ITT, yeah? And Judith can get into breaks, she can attack, she's got a really good ITT, you know, the, the way that ITT is attack, she's fantastic. Um, and then they've got Trixie and Trixie Warwick, basically the most aggressive jer jersey for every race. You may as well just give it to Trixie before she starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that Trixie attacking? Yes, it is. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, so say, for example, um, Linda Billington jumps and uh, Judith Arndt jumps. Um, sorry, Linda Billington jumps with Emma Johansson. You know, if someone like Trixie's there and Noemi's in there, and then Mariana can bridge across to get them. You know, maybe Emma Pooley's in that break too. That's how I want it to go, yeah? Mm. I want it to be a set of the ITT experts who ride themselves a perfect distance away from the peloton and then just start attacking each other. <laughs> That's what I want to happen. So, yes, please, peloton. I know you're not listening, but if you were, if you did happen to listen, please, please, please make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Personal request. <laughs> Dear Peloton, please attack. That's my first... um, the race that to... is, not each other. The race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you have do you have a um, do you have a, um, a, a prediction for the Olympics? Yes, it will be really boring and go for way too long. Oh, sorry, you meant the road race. Um... Yes. <laughs> it's lucky we're not doing this by video because. Oh, I heard you roll your eyes then. Don't think I didn't hear it. It was quite loud. And that was, be, that was a nice little sigh too. So. <laughs> I used to be an outdoor activity instructor and my <laughs> are you really doing that small children face is particularly special. <laughs> this is, I've been thinking about it a little bit and it's a tricky one for me because, you know, I've got the... the you know, the really easy, lazy sort of gag version, which is, you know, Mariana, Mariana, Mariana. Um, mm. And see, it's so predictable, it doesn't even elicit a snigger. So, you know... It's only because really, of the many, many riders I want to win. 
I really want Mariana to win. <laughs> <laughs> and and then there's the then there's the let's tease Sarah again with her love of all things pooly. Um, you know. Emma Pooley winning would be so good. You know what I really hope happens? So okay, so I hope Mariana Voss wins, yeah? And I hope Judith Arndt wins, and I hope Ina Yoko Tuttenberg wins, and I hope Emma Johansson wins, and I hope Clara Hughes wins, and I hope Linda wins, and I hope Trixie wins. But I really, really hope that Emma Pooley wins. And then in the interview, and then what will happen is David Brailsford, when she got her Olympic gold, yeah, in ITT, Dave Brailsford came running over and gave her this great big hug. And it's like, he doesn't give a fuck about the women's team at all. He just does not give a shit about them. Their DS is a dude who was like a, a track star who's never even ridden in a proper, in, in a top level, in a top level race. I think the highest race he ever rode was the Tour of Britain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, do you know what I mean? It's like they just don't give a fuck about the women. And what I hope, so what I hope is that you know, uh, she comes along, he runs up to hug her, and Emma goes, "Who are you?" And then in the press conference, someone asks her, "What do you think about Bradley Wiggins' win in the Tour de France?" And she replies with, "Well, it would be great if there was a women's team, Sky." <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know, that's that's one of the in the many people I want to win the race. That's what I want to happen. So yes, well, anyway, that's that's <sighs> quite a good scenario. You've got me sold. Um, which actually does, you know, because this this is just a, a show of tangents, um, bring me back to what I was going to say, which is we needed to, to get to the Olympics in a hurry this year because the Giro Don is at great risk of suffering huge fan uh, backlash because if ever there was a year when the Giro Don highlighted how much better it is than the Tour de France, it was this year. <laughs> So much more attacking and excitement and crazy wins and complicated wins and 100-kilometer yeah. solo wins and and just, you know, and, good, hard racing every day. And, yeah. um, and a really, really interestingly varied course that could have happened. You know, there was no... I mean, I know Mariana won it, but it was by no means definite that she did. And it was only because she didn't have the, the bad day. You know, everyone else had one bad day except for Voss. Well, I mean, also, Voss... how many other people were, you know, just holding a little bit back for the Olympics too, maybe? Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, see, you put all of that awesomeness up and then you put the tour up. And this year, you know... I'm not saying this, but I have seen a lot of people complain that they don't feel that this last edition of the tour was among its most exciting. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty clear that the Girodon is at risk of suffering some, some backlash as a result, which would be unfair. It's like, it's like blaming the, the, you know, Mariana Voss of the Peloton for, for winning races. Well, you know, that's what they do. <laughs> The Giro, Don, the Giro Don wins at being a race. It's like the best. That's just how it is. You know what's really interesting about the Giro is both the, both the Tour and the Giro knew that they were going to have the Olympics, yeah? And both of them arguably made the course a lot less brutal than it's been in the past, yeah? So in the, Mar in, in the, in the Giro, we've had the Stelvio. You know, we've had the Bormio-Mortarolo combination. You know what I mean? Yep. It, and this year, they didn't have any of the big mountains. They still had hilly stages, but they didn't have one of those, I'm going to climb up this mountain and I'm going to fall off my bike and then I'm going to die stages. I mean, they, when that happened, it was because of the way the racing was, yeah? Yep. And it's interesting because it took, it was going for the same goal of not pissing off riders and exhausting them before the, before the Olympics as the, as the tour went. But look how much better it did it. <laughs> and that's all I'm saying. That's all it I'm saying. Been, Oh, it had little classicsy stages. It was, and I think you know they had that stage designed by Edita Pushkin's Geiter and a stage designed by Noemi Cantelay. I mean, that's just you know those women know what makes an exciting bike race. So let them design a stage. You know, maybe the, the tour should probably do the same thing. Actually, say so actually let's have a stage designed by Cadell. You know, let's have a stage designed by I don't know um, Phil, Philippe Gilbert or Fabienne Cancellara. You know, like not a not an ITT stage designed by Fab, but let's he knows he knows what good ra the racing is. Let him design a stage. Let him design an all descending stage. <laughs> Three hundred kilometers of pure descent. <laughs> With maybe like a couple of like maybe maybe to start off with some time trialing out there, and uh, you time trial to the official start of the descent, and then it's three hundred kilometers straight downhill on cobbles. Do we have to go to the Himalayas for this, Dan? We also we also need to take a lot of cobbles. 
let's so make anyway, it happen. It'll be the best tour prologue ever. So I, I did distract you because you were telling me about how the massive Giro Dom backlash for being too much fun. Yes, yeah, well, and see, so we need the Olympics now, which, you know, it's an odd position for someone like myself who's not entirely enthused by all things ringish. Um, yeah, I know, Lord of the Rings didn't see, impress I me much either. I can't even answer that. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk to you about your rings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we um, but we do have yeah. So we we have this need for the Olympics to um, take place as quickly as possible, and yeah. um, as a result, if we're going to have a race, someone has to win it. Um, okay. And it might as well be Johan Brunel. No, wait. Sorry, wrong book. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, I'm just going to... Well, this is all actually from me trying to make a prediction. And, okay. Um, okay. I don't feel qualified. Okay. And I don't want to make the easy choices. Uh-huh. So, I'm just going to... I'm just going to be really brave and really honest and, and hope that you respect my um, my... Uh, courage in revealing, yeah. um, you Your know, sensitive delicate side. Exactly, and being vulnerable before you all like this. Um, okay. I've gone one step further, and I'm going to get all these names wrong. So hang on. Just okay. Give me... So, so we have your, so we have your scientifically chosen, and you're very vulnerable. I can hear your, mm. your vulnerable before me. Um, you're, you're showing, you're revealing your sensitive side, and hoping I'm not going to stab it or spill red pepper on it or something like that. Yeah, that, that's right. I'm holding the shattered fragments of my destroyed heart humbly out before you, <laughs> hoping that you don't reduce it to a further crushed dust blown to the winds. <laughs> That's not, that's not bad for this early in the morning, is it? That's, yeah. be, care be careful where you tread, <laughs> in case you tread on my dreams. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so, so here we are, We're re I'm ready. I, that's right. the best. I'm going to be disappointed now because of you know this great big build-up. Yeah, true. Hit me with your prediction. All right, so I'm going with Mayuka Hagawara. Yeah, um, and the Japanese road and ITT champion of both this year and last year, she is. Yep. And then Mei Yu Tiao. Oh, she's a trackie. Um, she's she's a trackie. She's done really well in the Asian Track Championships this year and last year. But I think she's there really for the track race rather than the road race. And Jutatip Manipan. She is a tie rider, and she's only the only tie rider in the race. Exactly. So you can see I've gone completely the other end and hoped dearly that um, you know, like the, I don't know enough about the sport of ice skating for example to even know um any of the names of the people involved in this but uh several editions of the winter olympics ago there was an australian who won a speed skating gold medal uh -huh. um and it was because as the race started and it was like on the first or second lap um and and in the final from memory there are four competitors um and he was he was about sort of neck and neck for third and fourth he was pretty much coming last when one, oh. one of the guys in front of him slid out on the corner and slid across the ice and took out the other two skaters and <laughs> and so he kept going and he ended up winning the gold medal and i'm i'm actually particularly proud of that because um you know i feel like staying upright should be a, a skill that's involved in the sport <laughs> Um, and, and you know, some, there, there are purists who suggest that that's not a legitimate win, whereas I, I think, obviously, it is a legitimate win because, you know, that's what happened in the race and that's how it goes sometimes. Deal with it. But um, at the same time, I don't expect that he'll be ever returning to the top step of the Olympic podium. Um, uh -huh. And so I, I've taken a, a similar approach, not that I wish for anybody... To, to have a crash, that's not a great way to lose a, a race, um, but that we may be surprised, amazed, and astounded by riders from from a different part of the world who aren't yet well known in the in the women's peloton. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. The thing is, is I you know I had my big rounds earlier, and I don't mean to dismiss them because you know I, I just I just I guess here's my bottom line thing is that 
if the UCI wanted to support cycling and support the development of cycling, then there's loads and loads of things they could do. They could, you know, they could bring more right international riders to their centre in Anglia, yeah? And they could you know, fund races and they could fund, you know, the best coaches and the best equipment to go out to these countries, yeah? And to work with them and to develop races and to bring it up that way, yeah? And that would be growing the sport internationally, yeah? Well, they, they could do that, but that would assume that they were interested in promoting cycling. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I mean, if, say, for example, you have, you know, it's not fair on the ride. You know, if you're basically saying the Olympics is this opportunity for people from all around the world who are trackies, for example, very, very good trackies, but they're not, you know, they're never going to beat Marianne Voss and Yuka Thunberg. You know what I mean? They're like, mm. it's like, what, what's, what's the point of being there? You're just going to get shelled by... Yeah, one of the ways that this race could go, if I was riding it, what I'd do is I'd put the hammer down and I'd be off. Um, because, you know, I don't want to be riding it because I've never ridden a bike like this, you know? Yep, and this is, this is exactly why I don't race. Um, uh, uh, alongside I'm not good enough and I suck <laughs> and I'm terrible... I also don't. I also don't race because, you know, let's be honest. I don't have the same motivation to win as people who don't suck and are good at it. My motivation is to hang around with people with bikes and drink beer. And I've learnt that you don't actually have to win the race to do that. So yeah. <laughs> well, I do have to apologise because um, so the road race. The road race is on su- on Sunday, and that's twelve midday. And that's 9.30 in the night at your time. So, you know, we can we can talk about it. It'll be great. We can be on Podium Cafe live chatting. You better bloody be there. Um, uh, and then on Wednesday, then the ITT's on Wednesday. And that starts at 12.30 my time, which is, you know, 9.30 your time. So that's fine. But you promised to see some track. And I said I'd look up some track that would be a good time for you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I looked at it. And, well, let's just put it this way. <laughs> it's not a very friend Australian friendly time. So uh, for example right. For example, I wanted to introduce you to the points race and the eliminator race in the Omnium because oh, oh my god they're great. Eliminator the race points- is that like the Stephen King book The Long Walk where um every check they just shoot the last person? Yes, that's exactly what it's like. That's so people. awesome. Without, it is such a good uh-huh. race. Honestly, Omni, you would love it. It's really... If you didn't love this, there's something... Well, if you didn't love this, then I don't think I can talk to you anymore. <laughs> you were going to say there's something wrong with you and you bailed out halfway through because you realised there is something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be true. But anyway, um, so, you know, six in the evening, my time. What's that in your time? Oh, God, what's that? Like what's three like in the morning in or the something? Morning? So so then so then I thought okay well we can't watch the we can't watch the eliminator and the points race together and I can tell you about how good it is. So then I think that's all right because you know we've got the women's sprint and the women's sprint's got Anna Mears in it and I may have told you how much how brilliant Anna Mears is and how you should be admiring Anna at all time. So I looked up the quarterfinals and that's not so bad. That's on Monday the sixth of um, August at four forty three in the afternoon. <laughs> And I think that might be a terrible time for you too. Yeah, that's so, that's not going to be the best. No, and then I looked up. So I think you want the finals. The finals might be better. So the semi-finals are on Tuesday the seventh at um, four p.m. Right. <laughs> and the, it's all right. The finals. The finals. You can watch the finals with me. It'll be fine. But they're on um, Tuesday the seventh, and they're at five thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so the London Olympics is just a vast conspiracy against Australian sports fans. I get it now. <laughs> hey, you get to see the most important thing, which is the road race. But, you know, um, it's just, yeah, so it just goes down a block like that, I'm afraid. And, yeah, I'm really sorry because I wanted to introduce you to track. And, the, and now you've just got an ex- Now, having got your hopes up that you'd be able to watch it and you'd love it and getting all excited by it, because I know you have been. I was. I was getting really geared up, so... Yeah, see what I yes, did there, geared up. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you just have to get up early in the morning and watch the replay. <laughs> wow. I, I apologise sincerely for whatever I've done to offend you that you would wish such a punishment on me. <laughs> hey, if you can get up early in the morning to talk shite with me, you can get up early in the morning to watch Anna Mears. <laughs> I, 
I don't even get up early in the morning for earthquakes. <laughs> um, Anna Mears, she's a bit equivalent to an earthquake on a track. <laughs> well, she she is um, supported by one of the largest mining companies in Australia and possibly the world. So, um, yeah, there's, there's something to do with explosive power there or, or whatever. So does that does that um, does that poor balm on your poor little wounded vulnerable heart then? Um, well, is that, a, is that a sincere and heartfelt enough apology for you, or do I have to now um, hear your crazy idea of the week and tell you it's brilliant? Well, you don't have to tell me it's brilliant, but you do have to hear it. So you know, okay. I, I guess okay. that means it was a middle of the road sort of apology, huh? <laughs> All right, so um, in keeping with the rest of, of the show, this week's crazy idea is um, two things. One, truly Olympic-level crazy, and, okay. um, and two, Olympically focused. So okay. as we all know, the Olympics are pretty shit and boring and take too long and, and just drag on and forever and ever. But I've worked out how to fix them in one, okay. one simple move. Let me just put it this way. Everything's better on a bike. <laughs> from true. now on, from now on, all Olympic sports take place on bikes. This is going to work really, really well. I, I've I've put a bit of thought into it. It's not even going to take huge changes to to most of the other sports. I mean, there's going to be some really, really cool stuff. Think about archery, for example. That's going to be it's going to be wicked awesome. How, Javelin. How does how does diving work? I know, riding off the end of a dive board and then doing flips and stuff into the water. That's so cool, right? And then um, steeplechase we're going to have to work out. Uh, but high jump will be like bunny hops over a bar. Um, uh-huh. Then uh, bike boxing, that's going to be pretty awesome. You know, oh, like with those giant gloves or something. And um, the 10,000 uh-huh. meter race is going to not only be... Um, well, actually, no, let's let's go in order. Then running's going to probably suffer some of the biggest adaptations, but it's going to be okay. The marathon will no longer be called the marathon. It's now called the sprint stage because it's only 42K. Um, <laughs> because the 10,000 meters race is now going to be known as the lead out train. So the, yeah. te- the team will have a train. The 3,000 meter will be called the one lead out sprint. So it's, yeah. it's the designated sprinter and one lead out rider. Chapter three thousand is basically an individual pursuit. It's it, it's perfect, or the team pursuit. Um, I do have some questions. Um, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Synchronized swimming. I was just about to mention synchronized swimming. How much better is that going to be with a bigger pool and bikes? That's so- okay. What about open water swimming? Yeah, you know those. Um, you know those. Uh, when when you go to like a uh, theme park or whatever, sometimes they have those like really horrible fake ponds that are disgusting and then they have those those little boat things that you can hire that you pedal <laughs> a pedalo basically yeah <laughs> yep job done thank you Man, okay what about pole vault yep we're gonna have to work on that one um i i'm thinking something along the lines of still have the pole ride really fast um, and and you ride the bike up a side ramp, get the pole position, and launch yourself off the bike over the bar. That's just top of the head. It may need you're, some refinement. You're a genius, man. You're a genius. If I was the IOC, I'd be. I'd, 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 if I was the IOC listening to this, I'd be snap. Well, basically listening to this to hear us say Olympics 2012 and come and sue us. I'd <laughs> snap you up. Oh my god, what other sports are there? I mean, obviously archery. What? Obviously, what about judo. I know bike judo. How cool will that be? <laughs> I mean, you know, you ride towards each other, then take position up on the the top tube and attack and who comes back onto their bike and who collapses to the ground. I mean, we're revolutionising sports. Trust me, everything's better on a bike. Okay, parallel bars? Yes, two bikes um, that are welded together at a set distance apart and then rolling at a a standard (laughs) speed. You put your hands on the saddle. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I mean, this... Everything's better on a bike. I'm telling you, I can make the Olympics exciting again. It's oh. simple adjustments. Simple adjustments. Dan, I, I take my. I'm sorry, but you know, you're you're a genius, man. The the future is bright. The future's Australian. It's yeah, the Dan Olympics. It's got to happen. Uh, I'm uh, and I'm casting open for sponsors now. McDonald's have obviously um, stuck with the dinosaur version of the Olympics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm sure there's a lot of there's but, a lot of fat, fat, corporate, greedy bastards out there. Oh my god, 
can we have the Winter Olympics version as well? Yes, yes. I, I have actually been looking for more downhill ski bikes in the world anyway. So, What about the luge? How would you do the luge on a bike? Oh, my God. Well, there was a program on, on the other day. There's this program on ITV4 in Britain called The Cycle Show. Yep. And they had their first ever episode the other day. And it's like a magazine program about cycling. Yep. So they do sports and they do commuting stuff. and they do. But one of the things they had was Graham O'Brien showing his latest contraption. Yeah. And it's a bike that he's trying to break the land speed record on. Oh, yeah. I've seen those sorts of things, yes. It's got wheels, and you lie on it flat, with your face pointing forward. <laughs> Very low to the ground. And he can get up to 80 miles an hour on this thing. So that, I think, if you put that down a luge course... <laughs> exactly. Something like that. Or I was, I was actually going to go with just a, a generic recumbent. Um, yeah. which which would also be hilarious and actually uh, you know added benefit of um, you know getting people used to spotting recumbents on the road. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. look, I I am yet to be presented with a sport that can't be improved by adding bikes to it. You are, you sir. I mean, I took my hat off to you last week. I'm doing it again. Apart from the fact I had to eat my hat when Bradley Wiggins won, <laughs> I take my hat off to you again. I mean, it's you're a, a genius. It's, it's a very abused hat. Okay, so, uh, so it's the Olympics. Um, what I'd like to do is just do a plug, if that's all right with you, Dan. Sure. Um, if people are trying to decide where to watch their Olympic Games, yeah, and especially this means the road and the ITT, I have a request, yeah? Mm -hmm. I think everyone should watch the Olympic Games on Eurosport because they've hired Michelle Gilmore to be the commentator, to be the co-commentator. Nice. So while you're watching it, you're going to have a real... I mean, it's, I'm gutted for Rochelle. I'm totally and utterly gutted for Rochelle that she didn't want to go. You know, like so many riders, she's, she's been working towards this for years. This has been her goal, yeah? I'm gutted for her. But... On a personal level, I'm so happy she's commentating because she's really going to be able to give a proper insight into the riders, into the tactics, into everything that's going on, you know. It's really, oh, it's just, it's so good. I'm so happy that Eurosport's doing that. So, you know, so if everyone could watch Eurosport, it kind of um, gets, gets, you know, it kind of gives them a little bit of a reward and says, hey, we like you doing this. And Rochelle is Australian, so, you know, it's, it'll, it'll make you feel at home while you're watching the race. Well, and I'm sure she's much better spoken than I am and capable of not swearing while in, in the midst of broadcasting. <laughs> so. so that's plug number one. Fucking good what? luck to you, Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a red-hot Aussie go. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I just want to plug is I've... Um, uh, the, the cyclists, the, the women cyclists who are at the Olympics are already kind of arriving in the Olympic Village and there are so many funny tweets coming from them and pictures and cuteness. And I've got a Twitter list yeah, of all the athletes who've got Twitter accounts who are in the Olympic Games. So if people want to follow them, if you go to my Twitter list and you can do that via my, um, my, my Twitter account, which is underscore pigeons underscore. Yay, you remembered it this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying really hard to remember it because you know you did mock me about that before um yeah i was i thought you were going to say that you wrote it down <laughs> <laughs> you know those things that you do where you think oh, i'm gonna set myself up a name i'll never know this no one's ever going to talk to me <laughs> <laughs> but if you go um yeah so you can either go on to my go on to my um and go onto my Twitter account, go onto my lists, and you'll see um, the various different lists that I've got. And one of them is called Olympic Road Cyclists W, because it wouldn't fit the word women in. <laughs> Wonderful. Or you, can go to, or you can go directly to my list. It's https colon slash slash twitter.com slash hash exclamation mark slash underscore pigeons underscore slash Olympic hyphen road hyphen cyclists hyphen w i have no idea why i've just said that because that's the most ridiculous address in the world oh it's like most of the internet it's so easy to navigate and you're likely to end up at a porn site <laughs> one mistyped character and So yeah, so basically, I've got this great list of Twitter of Twitterers. It's really exciting and brilliant, but you'll never find it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
Excellent. Uh, oh, good God. stuff. Well, well, look, dear, enjoy the next couple of days. I'm sure I'll be uh, talking to you by by the road race, and um, and we actually, you know what? Let's get together a little early next weekend um, and talk again ahead of the ITT as well. Excellent. And I hope by the next time I speak to you, you've lost your bar humbug tendencies and have become. Um, become realize that the Olympics is in fact the best thing in the world ever. I promise that if I do, I will be wearing my McDonald's Presents the Olympic Games team kit. Excellent. Well, I'll, um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.